Stirring the Pot with Drip Kitchen. Taylor? Yes? Do you have, like, a story about somebody you may have dated, or not even dated, but you found out something that was, like, just, you couldn't look at them again the same? When you were, like, maybe romantically, me and Alexis had this discussion earlier, that's why I'm like, do you have a weird story? Because we both do. I mean, I think I already talked about the kid that peed on the couch. Oh. That seems a lot. Yeah. That'll definitely kind of simmer down the moment. Yeah, I changed a lot of things after that. Yeah, including the couch. Yeah, for real. Um, what about so you, Kim? Um... Okay, so I broke up with somebody, or actually I got dumped, kind of. I would say I got dumped, which is so embarrassing now that I'm about to tell this story. Um, So I dated a dude, and I can't even really figure, I must have been snooping, which is so unlike me, but um, on his Tumblr, when that was a thing, um, you know how you could see, like, people's likes? Yeah, he had liked, like, a bunch of, like, mommy and son, like, fantasy porn. Yeah, and you know what? It was like super bothersome is because everybody thought his mom was super hot and she was a very pretty lady, but it was very awkward and weird. And honestly, that was it. It didn't work out um, less than 24 hours after that. Dude, I remember her calling me at three in the morning being like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Dude, this is a true story. Yeah, this is a true story. This is like literally. Yeah, I, I, Alexis was there for it. I told her I was like, dude, I can't do this. Like, uh, he's jerking off to like weird mom and you know son porn, and you know is his mom is attractive. Earlier? What? Is it who we were talking about earlier? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I know. I even told Alexis. I was like, I don't think I ever told Taylor this story. <laughs> I was like. I was like, I'll tell her later. Yeah, it was real weird. Yeah. It's all right. I'm pretty sure an ex that I had was literally banging his male roommate. Like, they lived together for so long, and it was such a weird situation, and they were both like, I don't know. I just got that vibe. If he wanted to bang his male roommate, that's one thing, but like... He can't do it while dating you. That's <laughs> that's the thing. Unless it's prior, you know, talked about prior, then... <laughs> yeah, unless you were, like, signing off on him. Yeah, dude. I don't know. I just... <laughs> I remember there was, like, this cheetah glove that was found in the bathroom. I'm like, what? What Plus, is they this? They were doing some real freaky shit. First of all, no woman would ever wear that glove purposely. Finger popping each other's assholes. Oh, come on! At least they used gloves and kept their hands clean. Yeah, at least they had safe finger popping sex. (laughs) Yep, we've dated some real winners. Mm -hmm. Yeah, ma'am. I mean, it's not like they they didn't lead with that. (laughs) Why do you think that, like, Really smart girls go for some really awful boyfriends. Like, what What do you think it is? Like, I feel like, not that every woman does that, but I feel like it's definitely a theme for, like, younger 20-something-year-olds to, like, I think make we mistakes. Think, 
Mm-hmm. Maybe the I, fi- I can fix him mentality is more when you're younger. You're like, I can do it. And then when you get older, you're like, no, nah, no, I'm not doing that, man. <laughs> I've, I've taken on my fair share of patience and it's, it's, I'm retired. I think when you're younger, just really naive and uh, probably easy to manipulate. <clears throat> yeah, probably. It's easier to trust people, maybe. Maybe you're not as jaded. I think I also had, like, a harder time saying no when I was younger, too. Like, no, I'm not interested in you, and it's more like, oh, I guess I'll date you since I feel bad for you. When you say no, I don't even answer. (laughs) Unless I didn't tell anybody about the mommy and me thing. That thing was, like, fresh out the oven. Ooh! I was gonna say, what was that? That was actually the oven. (laughs) That's really fucking weird, dude. (laughs) Yeah. Do you put your pants on in the morning with your right foot in first or your left foot? My left foot. Mm, probably my right foot. Are you a lefty? Um, I'm a righty. Why would I put my left foot in if I was a, if I was a left, righty? Well, it's like when you snowboard, like your dominant foot. I'm goofy. Really? Yeah. Are you ambidextrous? No, just <laughs> fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. I'm right foot first, too. Because you're left. Yeah. Is that why? How does that make sense? Wouldn't you put your left foot in first if you're a lefty? Mm-mm. No, it. I think it's, like, opposite. Like, at least, I don't know, at least for snowboarding or, like, riding my longboard, my dominant foot is my left foot. So I, I, heard, I heard it was the way that your parents would dress you as a baby. Really? Um, Every time I've ever dressed a child, I think I just put whichever foot they have in front of me first. Whichever one was moving less, just yeah. grab it and pull it through. <laughs> Who did I tell this to? Um, probably just Taylor. Okay, fine. Uh, this is okay. I hope Chet doesn't hear me telling the story because he's gonna be all like weirded out. Okay, so you know how dudes, you know how dudes when they try and get intimate, they like kiss the inside of your thigh. <laughs> what if we did that to them before blowjobs? Wouldn't that be hilarious? <laughs> Could you imagine if you gave like Manny's like thigh just a little smooch? <laughs> She's like, I do. What do you mean? No, what? No, I'm just laughing because he was eating right across from the podcast. <laughs> but I'm just saying, isn't it funny? Wouldn't that catch him off guard so bad? Would that catch you off guard? <laughs> I what if she kissed like- the inside of your thighs before she gave you a blowjob? When you'd be yeah. like, whoa, that's more intimate than I need. Yeah, that'd be a little weird. Yeah, just directly in the mouth. Are we gonna, like, try that and see their reactions? No, no, I started laughing because Chet was being a sweetheart and he did it. And I was like, unfortunately, I ruined the moment by laughing because I just kept thinking about what if I did it to him? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You should try it. I have a thought. I put them on uh, my What did you write down in your notes, though? Because <laughs> um, my notes are probably weird. I would be mortified if somebody actually read these. Um, that's where also most of my poems are. <laughs> yeah, see, I'd be scared. I'd be like, "That's very personal." Um, okay, so the last note I wrote was kissing the inside of a dude's thigh, like they do to us. Um, the last thing I wrote before that was a while ago, and it was shoelaces feel medieval. <laughs> And that's only because I think I wrote that before work one day. Because I was thinking about how long they take and how we haven't really figured out a better way than tying knots. I mean, yeah, we got Velcro, but then everybody makes fun of you and says you can't tie your shoes. (laughs) (laughs) 
You know, like on the snowboarding boots, the like boa things where you just twist the knob and it tightens your boots? Yeah, those are fucking high tech, dude. That's I can't afford those. Imagine you're just like winter boots did that. That'd be awesome. Do you know how hard I have to pull on my snowboarding boots to feel like I tighten them enough? Dude, I feel you. So this week we are talking to Austin Auto Art. Uh, he is one of the Club Loose drivers. He has an A86 Corolla. And um, yeah, he's been pretty big in the scene in New Jersey with painting people's cars and doing a bunch of body work and cool stuff like that. And if you want to go follow him on Instagram, it is Austin underscore auto underscore art uh, underscore. All right. So what's going on, guys? Nothing, just yeah. working our lives away. Yeah. How are you? I'm great. How are you guys? Are you guys ready to drive? <laughs> well, we're ready to drive, but our cars ain't ready. <laughs> yeah. I still gotta do a little bit of stuff to my car, too. Yeah, what do you gotta do? Uh, I gotta do, like, an injector over and then just tighten up everything birds can survive whole another batch of beatings yeah did it survive last year didn't you put a new motor in yeah just actually redid a motor because i popped the other one actually that motor's been rod knocking for me i mean two years i've been so in denial about it like i'm not my motor making noise Everybody yelling at me. So, I finally let loose, and then I really put one together right quick. Finally got a tune and went testing out on Sunday. It was really good. Feels really great, so pretty stoked about it. Hell yeah, dude. But it's so- just another stock 4AG. Got rid of MAV sensors and just put ITVs. Super simple, though. So for those of you that are listening that don't know, Austin has an A86 Corolla. Um, yeah. And, like, is there a story behind how you got that car? All right, so. And, sorry, uh, not to interrupt, but you're going to have to speak up just so, Kim, with the audio. All right, so getting this car. So my car. I've always wanted this car from this old Japanese-Chinese dude that was down the street in New York from where I used to live had this car for basically all his life kind of deal so it was original paint brand new so i got old enough to drive i always wanted the car i never knew this is before i even really knew about drifting so going into that later on in life speeding it up i had an opportunity to meet up with him to see the car went to go see the car and then a week later, he's like, come back. I'll have all the paperwork for you, everything. <clears throat> all right, cool. Sick. So we're on our way to go there. And he's like, oh, uh, wait, I had one more person that wanted it first. So I was, like, super bummed out. No, no way. So I was like, you know what? I needed something for that summer to have fun. So I was on my way to buy, like, another CVR motorcycle. So I went to go do that. It was raining the whole time, going to go this motorcycle and everything and in new york that was it was really close to where the car was so my sister that took a ride out there with me was like yeah you know how are you gonna get this thing back it's raining like crazy you're not gonna do this 
So my grandmother that she, my grandmother passed away not a couple of years back. And my sister was like, hey, we're by the gravesite. Let's go over there. So let's check everything out. So in the midst of that, we go to the gravesite. Sister's there. We're hanging out. Everything. The guy for the motorcycle hit me back up. He's like, yeah, come get the bike, everything. I'm like, cool, sick. Go to go get the bike. The guy stops answering, whatever. And then the guy, my friend that... Tom Chow is his name that I got my car from. He's like, yo, dude, come get the car. The kid didn't want it. So I went and grabbed the car. But in the midst of all that, you know, my sister's very spiritual and stuff, so she said that had a lot to do with that. Going over to see my grandma, which is sick. That's just the backstory. That's a really cool story. That's I feel like that's how you know it was a sign. Oh yeah, for sure. Awesome. So getting into drifting with this car. So drag racing stopped at English Town, but I never left. So I got into the Corolla thing and everything. Me and Greg linked back up. He's been like a brother figure to me since maybe like 13, 14 years old. So he's like, yo, just check it. Come check out this pro stuff that I'm doing. When he was crew chief and for Matt Van Kirk. I met a lot of people throughout, like, hanging out with them and wrenching on the car and, like, seeing how everything works, which is great at the pro level. It's sick. He's like, dude, you guys don't have any, uh, at the end of the weekend, I'm, like, having fun wrenching on the car, seeing how everything goes down. Seeing everyone that's really qualifying and, like, really ripping in a sport that we, like, I come from. He's like, yeah, dude, because we're at Wall. This is a Formula D100 when we were there. So a lot of people there that we always see, like, all of us we know, we see each other. So there's Rad Dan's out there and Vaughn Jr.'s out there. Like, everyone's out there. Um, we had such a blast there to where I was like, you know, I really got to start driving. He's like, yeah, start driving. You guys got to have a track over there. So my uncle tell, calls me about like a week after that. And he's like, you know, you know, Chris, because me and Chris grew up at the track together as kids and stuff like there's a little bit was a little bit of an age gap. He's a tiny bit younger than me, but he still acts mature, <laughs> mature than I do most of the most of the time. So uh, we linked up and he's like, yeah, dude, come, come start driving your car. Get in the car, get a helmet on, get get in the car, start driving. So I watched for I watched you guys too for like maybe like two years previous to actually like really driving. Just to see like everything like from a grassroots perspective before I actually start driving, which is way more chill. I love it. I thought you'd been driving for a while. I didn't realize that it that it hasn't been that long. No, not at all. It's been like maybe like five years, maybe? Something like that. Wasn't long at all. So I come and check out everybody on the other side of the fence. Basically, that's how I call it because I grew up on the other side of the track. So we're all hanging out. Everybody's showing me what's what and everything. I met Hector there for the first time. He had a Corolla, which everybody kept like this crazy secret for me for so long. Right. So I'll I'll let I'll I'll get back into that in a minute. So 
Hector's there his curl. I'm like, holy shit, this thing's sweet. This one, my car was like, story rusted, like, it's still a little bit is, but you know, it wasn't as nice as it looked then. Now, basically, so he's like, yeah, do you start driving? Like, this is what you need. You need this, this, that. Boom, boom, go down the list. I'm like, all right, cool. So I start driving. And then I met you guys. I met Taylor. I remember pulling up the C C group. I, I remember Taylor's car was like all white, original. I'm like, no way. So this is the first time like I really actually got clean. an idea of like what low horsepower like driving was. Where they're like, you don't need horsepower because like me growing up on the drag strip, they like mind boggled me that they were like, what do you mean you don't have, need to have that much horsepower to really do? No, oh, trust me, you just you just got to drive really fast. I'm like, all right, cool. Obviously, we weren't driving crazy fast back then, but we all, I feel like as a family, we all pushed each other along as time grew, you know. Then I met Reese. I met I met all you guys. Everyone that I consider like huge family, I met all you guys. Like sim- like all at once, like crazy. So getting into that. So, Hector gives me a, a lot, a lot of info on, like, what to do, everything. Not knowing that everybody, there was, like, a huge clan. There's, like, a huge secret clan. Is yeah, it the Corolla that's clan? ever driven Corollas out there. So, there's, like, a good, like, kind of loving guys that are, like, older than me. That still, they still drive. I still bother them to keep driving. But, you know, they have their established families and stuff like that, and they have other kids that drive too so they try to like balance their time out and keeping the car together because i'm basically paying catch up of 15 years worth of knowledge of and laps of driving trying to catch up with them how cool it is and they always say that i'm late to the party so (laughs) (laughs) so they must let you in on like the secret stuff though like on how to set it right my car is basically Set up with everything that they've ever tested out. So the suspension geometry, how it's set up, everything is from like what they figured out 15 years ago. And it's still good. So 15 years of knowledge and they saved you a lot of of heartache. (laughs) Of course, and I was super a lot of money because like Matt Petty would say, he can't emphasize it enough of how much money they have spent trying to figure out what works and what doesn't work. So imagine back then of we don't have any type of smartphones. We can't order anything like on the fly to where you're looking at a magazine of something that just dropped fresh that kind of might work, but not really because there's not really a, there's not really social media to really get broad knowledge, like instantaneously. So they would wait like, six to seven weeks for parts throw it on and not even know if it's like gonna make it worse or better so that's why they really emphasize that so like would you ever get a different car besides the hachi to drift uh yeah of course i would i've had all right so i've had a lot of s13s no one i had a lot of rb20 s13s maybe four or five of them so I really enjoy those for the most part. I know they're a little he- like nose heavy and stuff like that, but like my sister and uh, her husband, they have like a Skyline shop that's in Raymond Boulevard in Newark. 
and I grew up around those cars, like, before anyone really, were really importing them, like, over here, like, crazy, to where, that's the motor choice that was, like, we had all parts to, like, beat on stuff, and, like, they, if I broke something, they always had it, and stuff like that, so I drove around on the street, RB20 cars for, like, a really long time, and... I liked it. It was cool, but I was, like, being an idiot like everyone else would when they are a little younger, like, playing around the street being stupid. Not really putting, like, full, your full potential out there. So I ended up getting rid of those cars just because I would get bored because I do a lot of body shop stuff, and I get, a, I get bored. <laughs> but... For some reason, the Corolla, it doesn't make me bored at all. So it's always something new compared chassis-wise. This is the reason I keep driving this car. Uh, like, it teaches me something new every day, no matter what. No matter how long I'm driving this car, it keeps teaching me other things that I didn't even know were, like, possible. Messing around. So, like, testing them, like, just doing, like, small stuff with full throttle turn-ins, like, to entry. It was pretty fun. Like, but other than that, like, it's just a learning process. I can't get enough of driving the car. So, what made you want to put another stock motor in instead of like one with more power? Uh, all right. So, me and Neil McCurdle, like you guys know Neil. So he's my like other half of Corolla driving. So that's who I drive with. That with his Corolla, he has like bees knees of 20 valve of like the most hot boys like suspension stuff that you could ever buy that could be on a car so like you know his car is like pure example of like you buy everything in a catalog and this is what it's going to be and this is how you got to drive it so his car is like the most extreme of extreme of like trying to put one together which is rad so just seeing that, it's like that. It's not that much different, but there, there is aspects to where he does. We do have a car that's on a rotisserie right now. That's like he wants to like do it like that's it. out of this world. So that'd be something in the making. Like we'll start filming more of that and like actually like pull it out of the garage and start working on it because we got like four other Corollas that are still we need to work on. So it's like share time, you know. Yeah, but what I don't understand is how do you find these Corollas and it's not like a, pay, like, it's like 15 grand? Job. It's like a second job. You always got to keep looking. So you're just not looking and hard enough, And then naturally, enough, over time, people see your passion and love for something so much to where they send. They start. They just automatically send, hey, look, check out. I found one here and here. So as time goes by, you know, people usually just grab, let it naturally gravitate to you. I'll keep an eye out, Alexis. I'll start sending them to you. She's got one lined up. There's one lined up. You know what's crazy is that the first sports car that I ever sat in was an SR5 Corolla. That's like the car (laughs) that got me interested in like even RX-7s. Like before I knew anything about cars, it was a Hachi, which is... That's That's really awesome. I remember thinking it was, like, really fast. Like, wow, this thing's so powerful. Meanwhile, yeah. <laughs> it's got, like, like 70 horsepower. Yeah. 
so basically like learning driving wise like I'm, i was just really blessed with like so many people who started on this and they they all kept it a secret from me like for so long that they've been driving corollas or whatever to where like i basically took almost like some of the guys used to hate it of all the questions i would ask like all day long all day long, all day long. so i basically took everyone's memory of each turn of what was like a scenario of shit that like i couldn't figure out this hey what did you do in this situation and that and they would give me feedback so all of my driving is like everyone's memories of what they were doing like turn for turn kind of deal so that's how i figured it out <laughs> What do you like most about driving a low-power car? Uh, I don't know. I feel like it's just more gangster to do it that way. Because, like, you really got to commit into, like, it's like you're going to do it or you're not going to do it. Hell yeah. <laughs> you know? Because, like, <laughs> there's, like, really no letting off in the in the middle beginning or end kind of deal so there's no you have no crutches there i hope i can keep I my think car that it's really thrilling it's just a thrill like it's like an adrenaline you guys know what I'm everybody knows what i'm talking about because you know, your balls so all you have to be yeah that's right oh yeah <laughs> the best do you have any goals for this year for the car or just, just driving? Yeah, I just wanted to honestly just survive this this year and I'll be happy because this is this was like the backup motor that I had lined up. Well, I had two backup motors, so we ended up putting one motor in one other Corolla that we had so we could run around and drive with that. And then I ended up having piecing this one up together. So I'm um, down to my last spare to put together. So I'll be happy if this one stays together long enough until I'm ready to put the other one in. No pressure. But I got five years out of the last one, so that's pretty good. And that's with daily driving, because I drive it every single fucking day. Got your yeah. money's worth. Yeah. Definitely not playing in that case. That's sick. Oh, yeah, because you still drive your car to the track. Forgot. Oh, yeah. For the most time. Yeah, because I'm only... 25 minutes away. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's West all coming that. back to me now, bringing Taylor's car it's to my, the shop. It's my backyard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so Austin, Austin, you were the person that helped us paint Taylor's car yeah, for Formula I Drift did. last year. I, I definitely did. It's but, um... Like, it was like out of it was like when we were playing Grand Theft Auto and we roll into the booth like rolls right out kind of deal. Which is I didn't even think it happened. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty sick. Yeah. So, like, what was that conversation with? Uh, what's the Picasso, right? So it's like I've been painting for thirteen years, fourteen years. I'm like just doing body work in general for that long. So this lady goes up to Picasso's like, "Hey, you're that famous painter. Can you draw me a sketch on this napkin?" You know, and she took him like two seconds to do. 
she hands it back to him and he's like all right great that's ten thousand dollars and she's like what do you mean i would have drew it myself and he's like you're not paying me for uh doing it like for me it's like i've it took me 13 14 years to be able to draw it that way so but long story short is what i'm trying to say is like we just we whipped your car out in like two second style and i showed you guys some some nice tricks and tips we basically had the thing like locked down in like what half an hour I'm a little bit mad because it came out better than my car that I spent like <laughs> <laughs> four weeks doing. Yeah. It's all good. But uh, if you want to touch into that of like, so basically in the, my knowledge of figuring out what was what, right? So you guys all know the story of like how it took all the, all the guys in the other generation other than me that's been into drifting for 15 years so when they're trying a lot of stuff like of course yeah their cars get banged up so with that a lot of their cars were you know a little bit in disarray that you know need a little love which is great so following suit years later like 15 16 years later i come along and it's like not not anyone else knowing that they have like a following of tracks that you know are doing the same trending thing of having these drift events. <clears throat> yeah, of course you're gonna hear about hey, but all their cars are beat up because they crash into each other. So I was always so freaking tired of like hearing that, like super tired of hearing. It. So like one by one, I would like get a car, get a car, do my best to get it like almost like you know. Back to how it was 10 years ago. So I helped a lot of the guys out as a family. They're all like my brothers. So I took a lot of their cars one by one. Where everybody. It's a shinier place in New New Jersey. Yeah, you've done a lot of um, painting and body work for a lot of people's cars. Yeah. It was great. I would love to have a huge family that they keep feeding me, pumping me up. It's super challenging at times because, of course, like you guys know, the cars are like, there's no way people would throw away shells. But that's the main basis of why I do what I do, too, is because instead of throwing a shell out, a little tug here and there on a frame machine, you know, it'll save someone's whole season than, you know, having to figure out how to buy another car and transfer everything over and I try to save a lot of guys' time. A lot of money, too. I try to save a lot of money for everyone. Future plans for you guys? What are you guys doing this year? Well, um, I'm going to skip driving opening moves, but I'm going to be there in support of all my friends and um, get myself a trailer and come to spring moves, maybe pick up something from somewhere at some point along the way. Nice. Yeah, we'll see. Alright. Alright. That sounds sick. So what's up, Taylor? How's that KA doing? <laughs> Taylor She's has, got... is one of the most gangster chicks driving, like, all-motor KAs. No one knows <laughs> that on this channel. She's got... 
she's kind of sad. No way. Yeah, she's uh, she hasn't gotten much love lately. She's just like sitting in a field in Philly with like flat tires all the way around. Uh, oh, that's okay. It's not going. Sounds like shit. Um, needs some serious love. I like thought at the end of the season that I was gonna get all like motivated, and I took my door cards home. I was gonna yeah. read like the fabric. I haven't touched them. They've just been sitting in my garage. Dude, it's <laughs> winter though. But yeah, hopefully I'll get those knuckles in for uh, this season. No way, you're going hot boy? That's crazy, hot girl. So to speak. Yeah, now just some knuckles. Whitmore's Weekly Wisdom. Absolutely, this one hits home, Alexis. Oh no. For both of us. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> uh, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> Uh, this week, my Whitmore Weekly Wisdom is, it's okay to miss out on certain things while you build yourself. So I'm not going to tell you guys what to do, because, you know, I live down here, so I'm biased as to why I think you guys should come, but. Oh, we're coming. We're just not going to drive, I don't think, because we got to build ourselves. Mm-hmm. We got stickers <laughs> to make, baby. <laughs> oh, man. Well, thank you, Austin, for coming on. Yeah, man. I yeah. appreciate you, ladies, for having me. See you guys. See you next See ya. See you next Tuesday. Thank you guys again for tuning in and listening to us ramble. Definitely check out the next episode. Appreciate all your support. Don't forget to follow Drift Kitchen on Instagram and to check out their big cartel site and pick up some merch. Thanks again, guys.